Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Ryan Pike. He's Shane Stevenson. It's Flames Nation Radio. According to my fancy outline, it's episode number 58 of this fine program. Uh, As always, ding dong, we're delivered to you by DoorDash and also presented by the the lovely people at Eau Claire Distillery, the makers of Ripper's Whiskey, the official whiskey of the Calgary Flames. And Shane, a lot of Flames fans are probably uh, in the mood for a stiff drink in a combination of uh, the weather in southern alberta over the last uh, few days it is you know after a brief uh, preview uh, about a week ago a week or two weeks ago we got just slapped upside the head with uh, old man winter's wrath yeah. this week today's today i'm down in lethbridge here in calgary and i i uh, i was taking roundabouts at 15k today and i still sliding all over the place so i'm like okay <laughs> This is this is the, the first snowfall of the season is always leave the house 45 minutes before you need to be where you need to be season. <laughs> even if then, it's a 10 minute commute. Because then, yeah, even if it's a 10 minute commute. The first day is always a bit of a, a, a gut punch. And coincidentally, uh, the Calgary Flames, since the last time we chatted, Shane, did not have a good week. Uh, like gut they, punched. They had two games against division fun- opponents. Let's uh, we'll we'll run through them really quickly in a second. We're affectionately calling the rundown because we're very imaginative. So for the rundown this week, let's look at the two games the Flames played. They lost three to two to the Edmonton Oilers on Saturday night, and then they lost five to four to the Seattle Kraken on Tuesday night. Uh, the first win in Seattle Kraken history against the Flames, and. I'll get, we'll, we'll give credit where it's due. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers in their game against the Flames, the Edmonton Oilers played a good third period. They took advantage of some mistakes the Flames made. Um, the you know, On Saturday night, there was the 2-2 goal has drawn a bit of consternation amongst Flames fans in terms of the performance of Jacob Markstrom. I'll say this. Um, Cody Cece, very aware, showing some nice situational awareness saw that there was some really soft coverage on the other side of the zone yeah, around really young Connor McDavid. So he blasted a, a high rim around the boards. Markstrom went behind the net to drop, to knock it down. Like he's supposed to didn't quite get it. That happens. Sometimes he went back to the front of the net. And unfortunately, because uh, I believe it was Kevin Rooney, his assignment, he didn't come down low enough or quick enough to cut off uh, Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid collected the puck and put it on net like you're supposed to. And, you know, Markstrom did what he was supposed to. He played the puck and then got right back to the net. 
McDavid did what he's supposed to. Uh, a lot of skaters in red didn't on that goal, and it ended up tying the game. And then and the uh, fluky, like that, that puck bounce into the slot was just a, a I'll say, kind of moment. It's that, but it's also like Daryl Sutter uh, referred to, I believe it was Uyghur and Tanev doing a D to D pass, which is standard. It's a very, on a, on a dump in, it's a very, uh, on the third goal, there was a dump into the zone and the flames collected, did a D to D below the goal line. Like you're supposed to. And mm-hmm. as Uyghur was trying to get a, an out, a pass up to the, the forward to start moving these out, uh, Zach Hyman put his stick in the lane and like you're supposed to. And Zach mm-hmm. Hyman deflected the puck from where it was supposed to go over to Connor McDavid. McDavid did a very nice oh, no look back pass back to Hyman for a tap in. It was a very, it was a nice goal. Uh, it was, you know, the Oilers caused the Flames to make a mistake. That's so two it mistakes. Quick strike too. Like it was the second the mistake was made. It was by the time you realize what had happened, you're like, oh yeah. shoot, that's in the They net. didn't even have time to react. McDavid's that quick though. McDavid, it only takes half a second for him to not only process what's going on, but then act on it. Most people so, that takes three to seven seconds to actually cognitively like yeah. do and something. If, it if, takes him if, half a second if, when he's on. It's either not, one of those mistakes happen with anyone but 97 in, in white yeah. on the ice, it's probably not the same conversation because... The Flames probably win if 96 yeah, mistakes don't happen with 97 on the ice, but the mistakes happen because 97's on. Yeah, like, it's it's uh, it's the akin... It's, you know, making mistakes with or around the puck when Connor McDavid's on the ice is a lot like, you know, going swimming with a bit of an open wound in shark waters. I mean... You probably shouldn't do that. Most of the time, it might not hurt you, but if, if there's a shark around, you get killed. And the Flames yep. got killed. And on Tuesday night, uh, it was more mistakes, and I would not say worse not. mistakes against a worse team. All due respect to the Seattle Kraken, they they've they've taken a step. They're a better team than they were a year ago. They couldn't, you know. It was to be fair, they had a lot of got better room pieces. to move. Yeah, they got they got better forwards, specifically wingers. I um, think they slot better. I think they slot like, better. Oliver Bjorkstrand, that trade for Bjorkstrand was just robbery. That like, that's the that, their 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 first line right Burkowski, Bjorkstrand, and uh, young Alexander Venberg, and yeah. so it's three guys, two guys that weren't on the team last year, and it makes that line a lot more dangerous. And so, I mean, again, the Flames, it was a tie game. The Flames played a really bad, uh, to be fair, neither team was very good in the first period. Uh, Seattle was a little bit better. The Flames were much better in the second period. The second period, they had eight high-danger chances to zero. Yeah, and they made <laughs> like, it was all the, the Flames were very unfortunate to only get one goal out of their second period. Uh, in the third period, they scored twice in a 17-second span. By two minutes into the game, into the period, with 18 minutes left to go, they are up by two. And Four usually, with 18 to go, yeah. Yeah, usually that should be automatic. It's okay. That should be enough in the yeah. NHL. But they took some bad penalties. They made some bad decisions with the puck. There's some bounces, but also bounces and mistakes. And oh, there's some blatant. It was uh, there are two blatant turnovers. The power play turnover is one that actually makes me more mad than the Lucci's turnover. Yeah, the power play I mean, turnover. The, the Lucci's turnover in the 4-2 goal. You never see a friggin' four on two or three on one the other way. That's just weird. Yeah, that that was that was great, a four on one. Great four shot. on one, and everyone online was yelling at Marks from or Vladar to make a save. And I'm like, you defend that. You defend Maddie Beniers going top cheddar. That, that's just a good with shot. no space with no space for what I may add, which is what skilled players and skilled finishers can do. And he is one of them. He was wasn't second overall just for fun. 
right? Like he just for vibes alone, he he can actually do it. He's so. he's a damn fine hockey player. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I think I agree with you. I think it was basically it was I would say it was a comedy of errors at points because like the Flames, you know, I the I think I very succinctly pointed out after the game on Tuesday night with my tweet, the Flames snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. They were <laughs> so close to having that game home and cooled, and they just found ways to get in their own way, to dispel their own momentum. Two fairly needless penalties by Huberdeau and by uh trevor Ritchie. or brett ritchie it was and Ritchie, the one that they was, scored you know, on, yeah. the, you give you give a power play with that many weapons four cracks at it they're gonna hurt you at some point and they did uh, they took one too many penalties there and then you know the you know the I, like the the drop pass to Kadri, weird Kadri's Anderson should have seen Gord was right there and he paused. Yeah. It wasn't like it was a quick no look. And, and we, we, we spoke with, uh, I, I forget who it was. I want to say Wes Gilbertson because good questions are almost always Wes, but uh, uh, not some Cotter was asked after the game in the locker room. Did you see Gord? He's like, yeah, I saw him, but I thought I could get the puck away. Like he thought, he thought he had the space to receive and just get it back up. Cause he yeah, sort of saw it coming together and was like, Oh no, I think I can pull this off. And it went off of Gord and the most fortunate bounce Gord could have gotten is the one he got straight towards the flames blue line. And yeah. he's a good enough player that, you know, you, you know, you give him enough crack to that. I'll say this about Dan Vladar uh, on, on Tuesday on Wednesday's edition of flames talk, uh, Pat and I discussed this and I would, my observation was this Vladar neither stole the game nor gave it away. No. And, he was in the position where for the flames to get points out of that game, he needed to make a big save. He did not, he needed one more big save than he, he made. needed like to make a diving cross crease save on the sprong yeah. goal, but he, he would have needed to be oh. heroic on one of the five goals he gave up. All of them were very good goals. Carson Susie has a really good shot. He went barred. He went top cheddar. Veneers uh, went top cheddar. Like they had a lot of ones like that where you're like, even even like the, I, the, the, like the late goal in the second period that tied or the yeah the second period that tied the game was just a weird two on one off of a turnover where you're basically he sort of flung himself at the puck and it just missed him so the, I don't the, know what else he could have done the, the Sprong goal the Gord goal and the Beniers goal I put on the players I would have loved to have one of the Susie or Geeky goals back I would have loved they were they were a little far out yeah it was a rush. But you, I, you, they weren't that close to the net. Ideally, you'd want one of them back, but still, it didn't yeah. happen. It didn't happen that night. It doesn't happen every night. And but, and but. if if we're playing that game, let's also point out that in Seattle's net, uh, their goaltender Joey Decord made a couple of those saves. Granted, you know the Flames at times seem to be shooting at him, but he made a couple of nice saves on two on ones. Uh, you know, you mentioned the the eight high danger chances the Flames had in the second period. He made a lot of good stops in that second sure. period. For a guy that had one career win before that in 15 games, may I add. So one win in 15 games, he played, he was able to stop, get ahead. Of, Calgary needs to work on he, their finishing he, ability. He made the saves that his team needed him to make. And on the flip side, I think, you know, Vladar made the saves he would have, you should have expected him to make. He just, they needed him to make one more big stop. And he just, because of the quality of chances against, I don't think that was in the cards for him. But that's not really – it's not meant to be an indictment on Vladar. I think it's more of an indictment of the, the quality of defensive play and the amount of turnovers in front of him. And, and well, I mean, it's it's Vladar. Vladar was great all preseason. He was structurally fine there, too. He wasn't like he was out of position on any of the goals, too. There was, there was no whoopsie goals against. No, like it, wasn't, it wasn't a week. 
the weakest goal that we're talking about right now is the McDavid Markstrom one total from the whole since last episode. So, and even then that was a routine play gone awry. So I, I, I'm just upset because they had it. They They had, they had two games in their hands in the third period and they end up getting zero points. I I've been tracking for beyond the box score specifically the Corsi numbers for four years now, two years here, two years at Matchsticks, and then I, I did a different thing when I was on my own. I have never seen them lose two games where every single player was on above 50% in possession, and then they lose. That that does happen sometimes. I've never seen any – I've never very, seen – Very, very infrequently, though. With this I've team, never seen very them lose in a row like that. That was – it just sucks because, because they – they kind of deserved to lose one. They deserved to win after they stole the game. They were, they were due. They were due for a, a deserve to win loss. Yeah. They had a few deserve to lose wins too. Based on, based on statistics and everything like that, the record should be six and two. They're five and three. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. It's a two game losing streak. Yeah. You don't want that to pile onto each other, but I mean, they've been at home forever. It's, you know, these guys, someone pointed out the altitude problem still too, for, especially for the guys from Florida, like they were at sea level, but I'm like, they've been here for six, like they've been here for two months now. Like that shouldn't be. Yeah. That bad. Um, yeah. I think, I, I think don't know. they're, they're trying to make excuses, but I'm like, it's five and three. They're got a winning record. What, I think, I think you mentioned before we started recording, you mentioned that uh, based on the metrics, they should be six and two. Mm-hmm. And they're five and three, which means like, you know, they, there's a, a game in there. They deserve to, to win that they didn't, but in the grand scheme of things, like if you play enough hockey, the it'll balance out. It tends to balance out. So there'll be, there'll be games when they just, they all go. Remember the Columbus game last year where just everything clicked and they just won seven, nothing. I think it was or seven, one or something like that. Like it, they were fighting grinding up until that point and, and they were dominating pretty much every game. And then everyone was like, well, they haven't really blown it out of the water. Like every, all these games are close. And then they just put their foot on top at, of them. At Columbus. some point things click. And it's actually that's, that's, that's a good transition to our player spotlight. We're, we're starting a segment called player spotlight. So our player spotlight this week is actually a, a good, uh, good person to be talking about. Uh, number 10, Jonathan Huberdeau. So mm-hmm. Jonathan Huberdeau is for lack of a better term, still figuring things out as a Calgary flame. He, he's a very smart player. He's a very good player. It's not like he moved two time zones over and suddenly forgot how to play hockey. <laughs> but uh, I, I mentioned this uh, with Pat on Wednesday, the idea being, he still seems, I think Daryl Sutter pointed out, I think he, he used the phrase, he needs to play faster. And yeah, but that was, that was what it was. I put that in my article. So yeah. It, so, he, and so, you know, basically uh, the distinction Daryl makes is, playing fast, not being fast, playing fast and playing fast for the flame system is, you know, on breakouts, they call them short, short, uh, short quicks, like, you know, very short passes done quickly to sort of, you go from behind the net to boom, you're at your circles, boom, you're at the blue line, you're out. And that's how you get momentum through the, through the neutral zone. That's how you get speed and numbers into the neutral zone. And that's how you hit the offensive zone with, tactical efficiency possession and tears of attack yeah yeah if you're gonna go for a rush chance yeah yeah and so so with with jonathan huberdo he's not a slow guy but he's playing slow right now because i think at least from from my vantage point when he's got the put and granted i've seen every minute of hockey the flames have played this year live uh 
I just think that he's still processing stuff. He still has the air of someone who's figuring out where he's supposed to be in the systems. He gets the puck and goes, what am I supposed to do? Like where a guy is going to be? What am I supposed to do with this now? And you can sort of see the gears are moving, but he sort of slows down a bit because he does like, there's nothing worse than, than figuring out something. It's like, imagine if you were figuring out how the rules of the road were while you were driving full speed, while the roads are icy. Like what we're see, we see this, this is a good analogy actually, because we see this every time it snows in Southern Alberta, especially in Calgary, almost There's like clockwork, the first snowfall, you see, you got people slowing down partially out of uh, care and safety, but also partially out of confusion because you're like, you don't know how the road conditions are or what the frig everyone else is going to do on the road. So until you know what the surroundings are and what the situation is, you slow down. And is it, is it a pain in the ass with everyone slowing down sometimes more than they need to? Yeah, of course. It slows everyone down. And that's why, as Shane mentioned, you have to leave 45 minutes before you need to be anywhere. But you'll yeah. notice that give it like, say, even if the snow doesn't melt after the first plow, after two, maybe three days, even though the temperature doesn't change that much, everything's a lot smoother because everyone sort of figures out their gaps. There's, there's breaking distance the road conditions, everyone's kind of figures their crap out. And for lack of a better term, this period that we're seeing now, the first eight games and counting, is Jonathan Huberto figuring out the conditions and trying to adjust. And he's slower than he usually is and probably slower than he might want to be because there's some caution in what he's doing because he cares a lot. And you can just tell he's trying not to make a mistake, which is good, but it can also be a little bit of paralysis by analysis too. And, and I challenge listeners, go back and look at his highlight reel from his time in Florida. A lot of these nifty, crazy passes that he was making, he didn't need to look at where his line mate was going to be. A lot of them were drop passes, and he knew uh, Bennett or Duclair were going to be there, or when he was on the power play with Barkov, exactly where to put the puck, because he knew exactly where he liked to be. He doesn't have that yet. I'm sorry, it doesn't take magically show up in eight regular season games and six preseason games, which I think he only played like three or four anyways. So yeah. like it's gonna come. And I you have game some numbers. Get it. You know, you know me. I love my numbers. So I'm just gonna throw a few things out there for you. Uh in terms of forwards, Huberto in expected goals is third on the team with a 56.26%. So that means when he, he's been on the ice at five on five. of the scoring chances and the quality of chances have been in favor of the Calgary Flames. That's what you want. That is a very good number. Uh, His possessions at 51%. His actual goals is at 56.97. You know what's a little lower than everybody else? The on-ice shooting percentage of everyone is only at 5.3%. That should average in between 8 and 11, which means he's not just him. The whole everyone he's played with so far has been snake bit. Yeah, and that, that's that's hey, that happens. But he's still got, I think, a goal and five assists. Like it's not like he's not been producing and he's been contributing, especially on the power play. And everyone just clamoring for the five on five production. He, it's there. Someone needs to put the puck yeah. in the net. And someone needs to put the puck in the net. We should be talking about Elias Lindholm and, it, and got zero goals. And we're also we're also forgetting this the idea that you know you're 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 playing and there's teams playing against him and. The way Daryl Sutter does his line matching is he goes strength versus strength. So Elias Lindholm, uh, the Selkie Trophy runner-up last year, his line 
almost by default goes up against the other team's best players. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's Backlund, but usually it's Lindholm. Last couple of years has been Lindholm. And so you're Jonathan Huberto trying to figure your crap out, playing against the best players on the other team head to head most of the time and learning a new system, learning new line mates, learning a new everything. It's going to take time. So, well, Calgary I mean, got so lucky that Kadri fits so well. Like that's, that doesn't and, just happen. And do you know, my theory as, as I talked with Pat on Wednesday, my theory as to why Kadri figured out so well is the Colorado Avalanche are a really similar team system wise yeah. as the Flames. Uh, like they play like their, their structure, their systems, their where the center needs to be in all three zones. Like, and honestly, center honestly, if, if we're being, com- yeah. if we're being completely honest about this, I don't think there's a lot of variation system to system in where the center goes. Like the center, well, he, the center's the support guy, right? Yeah, like the center's right. always the support guy, but in both zones. And he takes up predominantly the middle of the ice. And, but, in, and ideally your center travels more in a shift than anybody else in the entire but, ice. And, and the wingers though, the winger, their position depends a lot on what's your breakout situation, mm-hmm. what, who has the puck, where in the zone. So I think in terms of the flame system specifically, why is Kadri figuring out is Kadri better than than Huberto? I don't think better is the thing about this. I just think it's the the, the the changes that he had to adjust to in terms of his situation, Colorado versus Calgary, and in terms of his position, center in Calgary versus center in Colorado, it's it's really similar. So I don't think he really needed to learn a lot of different things because you know he's the you know he's that's that's what his gig is he's a, he's the center on the second line so we went from being the center on the second line in colorado with a very similar structure to center in calgary on the second line with a very similar structure so that yeah. is to, that is to say we you know is you know is jonathan huberto playing up to his capabilities we, he would say no he admitted as much on wednesday he was speaking to the media but mm-hmm. i don't think that's i don't think that's a surprise and i don't think it's necessarily something that people should be freaking out about yet I don't think I don't think he needed to even apologize. Like he's been fine, and everyone it, everyone wants the tangible production. But let's be real: both games they lost this week, they didn't need another goal. They sh- they shouldn't have let another one in. It's not that they're starving for offense; it's that they're giving up too much defensively. So and you like, and you could argue you could make an argument that they're giving up too much defensively is a, is possibly a, a product of them trying to do too much with and, the puck and the giving it up too much defensively has it happened when Huberto's on the ice so why is he being the scapegoat the fans are just mad because he's not leading the league in points like Jesper Bratt like like it's okay guys things are going fine yeah they've lost two in a row guess what that's gonna happen everything's fine his metrics are good his defense is good his offense is good eventually Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible Irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Please, someone's gonna start putting the puck in the net for him, and then the, and then and then the noise will stop. Yeah. Unfor- it's unfortunately, unneeded noise right now. Unfortunately, the, the best the Flames can do this year is go seventy nine and three. So I yeah. mean, ah, shucks. Re- realistically, realistically, if you look at the the, the metrics from from smart people like uh, John Lasession and others uh, throughout the interwebs, Flames are probably like a forty eight to fifty one or fifty goal or fifty win team this year. Yeah. So like that means they're gonna lose between twenty and thirty times. Yeah, that's just that's just how things work. And you they know, lost. What are they one and two to start last year before they five game road trip? Yeah. Something like that. Like there's, there's gonna, it's not, it's not gonna be, uh, it's not gonna be a, a perfect season. And I think if you're, if you're an optimist, Shane and I are, are tend to be optimistic in our viewpoints on the world for better or for worse. Yeah. If, if it uh, was, if the numbers were crap, I'd not be here saying this. The, so. the numbers are, are positive, and I think the fact is, you know, the the weird dumb shit that's going on for the Flames, for lack of a better term seems like the kind of stuff they can tidy up so anyway that's our, that's our player spotlight uh well, now, now let's talk about so every week folks uh especially since we've uh entered into our wonderful partnership with our friends at betway uh shane for every game day comes up with his bets of the day uh where he gives you three recommended bets uh and he provides you know as is shane's role in our team he provides this statistical background in terms of why these are the things that he would bet if he was a betting person. Uh, and so I had, I had a much, bad much, week, folks, much like the Calgary flames had some disappointing results this week, despite the underlyings being generally sound. Shane also had a similar week. So I imagine he's probably fair, feeling fa- fairly similar I, to some gentlemen in red. So I, here are the, here are his bets, uh, his recommended uh, bets of the day for the two games. So Saturday against Edmonton, he had, uh, his primary bet was uh, betting over six and a half goals in the game and saying McDavid would get two or more points. McDavid held up his end of the bargain. McDavid had three points, but it was a five goal game. So the under was, took it. So that wiped I it out. I the stands cheering for empty net goals. I was like, pull the goalie down. He needed two and you didn't <laughs> get either. Uh, he bet for McKenzie Weger to get uh, one or more assists as a secondary bet. That did not happen. And he also bet for that- me. Jonathan Huberdeau and Leon Dreisaitl would both get a one or more power play points. That did not happen. So he went over. The uh, Oilers held up their end of the bargain, man. Dreisaitl got a power play point. McDavid got all those points. If you wanted to probably encapsulate how the Flames fans feel, the phrase, the Oilers held up their end of the bargain, is probably something a lot of betting and non-betting people are saying. And, and they took my Uyghur assist away. They, I was in the nosebleeds. He got a secondary assist, and then they took it away halfway. They, they, I was in the dome. I'm in the nosebleeds at the dorm next to the spotlight guy. Like, I'm, I'm way up there. And I am a few beers deep. 
and they announced we were going to assist and I'm just pumped. I'm like, okay, at least I got one. And then of course, Mike, who's still in Arizona, by the way, Mike Gould uh, is still in Arizona, breaks the news to me because I don't have the instant replay that no, they're going to take it away from him. And I'm like, come on, man. Mike, Mike Gould, our, our friend uh, who is the daily face-off sent down to, uh, to Tempe to take in the, the opening weekend at uh, Mole Arena had the, he was watching a flames, a flames owners game at a bar in Phoenix. And he thought, I'm just going to text Shane and tell him about assists getting taken away. That is, that is everything you need to know about Mike Gould in one sentence, friends. Uh, the other game, the flames against the Seattle Kraken on Tuesday, uh, Shane's primary bet was a Manjipani one or more assist. No, uh, secondary bet was both Jaden Schwartz and Jonathan Huberto to get one or more points. Also no. And finally, his tertiary bet was Ma- Nazem Kadri to get one or more goals and one or more assists. He had an assist. He got a goal. He had a very nice goal. Goal. He just didn't get the assist. Yeah. Um, so- and and Huberto, I I thought I went heavy on the first line. New first line. New look first line. Uh, it didn't even last the whole game. They they took Mange and put him with Bax and Coleman halfway through the second. So then they then they switched it back. It was they only they, they only mixed up for the second period. Yeah, and, and the second period, the one where they had the best period of the season. Um, and then, and and they had Dubé on the on the first line. And so I, when that happened, I was like, okay. And when they did get a power play, they didn't even put Schwartz out there. I'm like, come on. Like I've, I've watched all of these games. I didn't watch the crack and play the previous two games to study this game tape for these people. And then, yeah, that's betting though, folks, that's betting. Sometimes you can be completely informed and it doesn't go your way because you don't get to control it. That's why we preach informed betting and bet responsibly. Yeah. Please don't don't bet your house. And if we're, if we're being completely friggin' honest here, folks, hockey Betting on hockey, the most random, totally random stuff. Baseball, if you know enough about pitchers and their tendencies, you can probably do okay betting baseball. Probably don't want to bet a lot because random shit can happen in in sports. But hockey, I think of all the sports, has the most weird, random stuff go wacky on you. Like if you have a bad inning in baseball, there's only so much damage you can do. Even a bad yeah. period in hockey, or like, look at it. Look, imagine if you were a Kraken fan, you have a bad 17 seconds, and all of a sudden it swings one way. The Flames have a bad five minutes, swings completely the other way. Sports. Yeah, I think it was. I think, and while we're just quickly, while we mentioned that, I think the odds of Calgary to win that were over 85%, and it went to 12% in that like three minutes. Al, so, Al, a friend of the site, Allison Lupin, who's on the trip, I, uh, yeah, embarrassingly enough. So, uh, disclosure: I'm a big Allison Lucan fan. Anyone who d- who doesn't follow her on Twitter, uh, she's at Allison L, one L and Allison, and then just the letter L. Uh, she is not now part of the broadcast team for the Seattle Kraken on Root Sports. She is, in a word, just brilliant. Uh, she does analytics storytelling, I think, better than almost anyone in the sport well does. So, follow her if you don't. Uh, I was, I was busy during the game. I didn't get a chance to say hello to her. I, we, we, she follows me on Twitter because she's foolish for some reason, uh, but we didn't get a chance to, to say hello. So uh, I'm just, just tw- going to copy this straight from her Twitter. How impressive were the Kraken's comeback? So according to moneypuck.com, after the Flames scored their fourth goal, their chances of winning, as in on Money Pucks deserve to win meter was 90.46%. 
Sprong's power play goal reduced the chances down to 81.78%, as in they were down four to three and still had an 81% chance of losing the game. Then Yanni Gore tied it. That made it 51% for a Flames chance of winning. And then when Matty Beniers scored uh, a little bit later, the Flames chance to win dropped down to 12% or 12.7%, or actually 12.3%. So the Flames in a five-minute span went from having a 90% chance to win to a 12% chance to win. That is insane, but that's hockey. That's that's that so anyway, that, that is our hurts. that is our disclaimer of weird crap can happen in hockey, arguably more so than any other sport. So even just, even just to say, like tonight, like uh I was watching the Leafs play, uh, and the goalie lost his blade and they didn't blow the play down, and Tavares scored on a power play. Like, right, like like would that normally have been stopped? Probably. But depends on the we can't push, so then that's wide open, right? Like that's a goal that just happens and occurs because of the randomness of the game. So yeah, it's uh, we're still, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep going. I, I, I feel like uh, if I keep just, sometimes it's hard, sometimes it's hard to find the right odds, but uh, it's something that I like, try to find value stuff. Um, I might start putting a few more negative lines on there though, because I've been trying to go positive to try and get. Yeah, you want to, you want to, you want to balance it out. You want to balance it yeah. out. I always That's... put one negative on there, but. And uh, Shane, do you have any, any fantasy hockey tips this week? Or are you going to do that next week? Oh, I can do that right now. Uh, if Arthur, not Arthur Kaliev, uh, Gabriel Velarde is still available in your league. We, we're we're going to do a little fantasy update here. Pick him up. He has scored in eight out of 12 games, one goal. He's playing on the top line. He looks like he belongs. His me- offensive metrics are fantastic. If you look at the Rapham charts uh, way too early, you need 30 game sample size, but you can see how they've done so far. Gabriel Velarde left and right wing eligibility uh scoring leagues power play leagues uh anything that counts those pick him up now don't wait he is rolling former uh top 10 pick i think he was seventh overall um, he's always he's, a top 10 pick he didn't get unpicked yeah yeah this, yeah, this is my note bitching about this uh it's alternate captain not assistant captain once you're a first round pick you're forever a first round pick see what the looks there, like Cassie Campbell isn't a former Olympian. She's a past Olympian. She is Olympian in the past. She didn't stop. It's not like she being an Olympian. The, being the gold Olympian. medal doesn't disappear off the trophy case. So, God, I hope not. That terrified me. Right now, it's Gabriel Velarde. And uh, keep an eye on uh, if you don't have him yet. I mean, the news should be out. Rookie, uh, Kaylin Addison's running the top power play unit with Kirill Kaprizov, Matt Zuccarello, and some very impressive rookie forwards over Minnesota. Keep an eye on Kaylin Addison. If he's available, don't hesitate. It's hard to get D that can score points, let alone ones that are running a power play for a team that's structurally well-built. So those are my two kind of early season picks. Next season, we'll, uh, we'll or next week, we'll make more of a plan and I'll, I'll come with a little more info for you guys. So Beautiful. That brings us to what a segment we're affectionately calling Listener Mailbag, where once a week before that we record, we go on Twitter and say, hey, send us questions. So we got a few questions in. We're going to pick one. I'll let Shane decide which one we pick because mm. I don't want that kind of responsibility in my life. Oh, and I got I just got to go back to the tweet real quick and look because uh, – let's the one I, few, five. I, I know there was one you liked and i like that one too yes uh justin temple on twitter yeah. asked us uh is it the defense or the goaltending they've been the biggest issue to the start of the season in the first eight games last year they had a 958 save percentage compared to a 901 this year uh they also had more high danger chance against this year compared to last year uh 
if they stop turning the puck over, that would stop happening. Like, yeah. like the defense has not been as good or as mobile or as structured, which, which, which is a bit surprising, but I mean, I, I like the right left balance and that they're missing that a little bit. They're doing right, right. And I think that's, they got to get used to that a little bit. That's my own uh, a thing. And Markstrom had a bad game, which does happen. He didn't have a bad game start last season. And yeah. Me, I, I think it was like, I would, I would say it's sort of like a perfect storm of weird stuff. Like, cause mm-hmm. like say you have a bunch of new guys, new positions, uh, you have a goaltender who was uh, under the weather for the Colorado game. And I don't think he was hundred percent for the first few games. So, uh, and then you have, if you're, if the, the best way as a goaltender, you feel confident in your game is game reps. If you're just dog shit tired because of an illness in the first game, then you don't play against Edmonton. So your next game is a Vegas game where you, you give up a goal early and you're, that sort of rattles you. I would say that it's a combination to, to more specifically answer Justin's question. I think it's a combination of the defense isn't as cohesive as it was because I don't think, I think because they have so many new faces in their five man units, they're not playing as a cohesive whole yet, which is leading to better chances against the opposition, which would be reflected in the high danger chances against. But also I don't think Marsham was as sharp this season to start as he was last year. And I think that you could directly point to it, the illness impacting his rhythm, impacting his confidence, impacting a lot of other things. So the other thing I want to point out is there's a lot of teams that just played their 11th game of the season tonight and Calgary Calgary's at eight. So yeah. their schedule was in October, very spread out this coming week and this coming month, they're going to have a lot more reps. Uh, they're actually going to have some road games after next week and or at the end of this week anyways and i think that's going to help them as well get out on the road get away from home be with the boys <laughs> just focus on hockey like yeah here's, we're routine on the road that's a here's little- my here's my caveat and we might as well transition into uh what we call coming up here's the games that are coming up in the next seven days there's a, there's a shitload of them including the first time this season the flames have left the province of alberta so thursday they host nashville uh mm-hmm. Saturday, they host the surprisingly good scorching New Jersey Devils. Yeah, the Devils. I, when I was a kid, the, the one of the, the two yearly tradition games were the Halloween game with Flames versus Devils. We're close to that, but we're off by a, a week or so. Mm-hmm. And the New Year's Eve game was Flames and Habs. We don't have those anymore. And schedule makers, please bring back our weird tradition games. Maybe we can convince these teams to wear their wacky, wacky uh, throwback jerseys. The Flames wears there's all the time because they're the best jerseys. Uh, that's an aside. So Thursday, Nashville, Saturday at home against the New Jersey Devils. Then they're on the road. And here's so they play Monday uh, in at the Belmont Arena, Belmont Park Arena, the uh, yeah. UBS Center, UBS Arena. Yeah. in scenic Belmont Park, Long Island uh, against the New, Jersey, the New York Islanders. It will be about three weeks after the 50th anniversary of the first Flames-Islanders game. The Flames, when they were in Atlanta, and the Islanders, when they were an expansion team, played for the first time in October 1972. So it'll be a 50th anniversary game. I don't know if the Islanders are doing anything to commemorate it, but I just think it's neat. The next night, they go to scenic Newark, New Jersey to play the New Jersey Devils for the second time in four days. 
Three days? Four days. Second time in four days because they'll play them Saturday and they'll play them Tuesday. Oh, they get it back to back. Yeah, they basically they play Saturday, Monday, Tuesday. They get Sunday off, and two of those games are against the Devils. Sunday's not even a day off. They're traveling. They They travel Sunday. They'll they'll fly into the they'll fly into New York and then have to deal with the giant metropolis that is New York. So, So yeah, and and I think the challenge for the Flames is like so they do. Uh, we'll record uh, in between uh, right after the back-to-back, but then they play Thursday uh, against the Boston Bruins, and then they come back home for the weekend. So that's, I'll say this about road trips. Road trips are great if you have like, you know, it's like you play in a city, you fly somewhere, you have a night off, you all hang out. Then you fly to another city, you play, you know, if you have off nights together, it can be really nice. But I think the challenge of the Flames is the only off night they're probably going to have, like they're going to have a travel day on Sunday which will bring them to the New York area. So maybe they'll have a night off in New York. That'll be fun. Then they go to Boston. They'll have a night off in Boston, I think, which will be fun. But I would have liked to have seen like a more like a, a week long or 10 day long road trip. Functionally speaking, this is, this road trip's like five day, four or five days long. So I, I think the ability for the, for them to sort of go out and get into shenanigans and sort of bond as a group is a little bit muted with the length of the road trip and the fact that they have so many games sort of smushed together. A day off in Boston with Hannafin on the team, though, would be all right. Like that's where he's from. Kevin so, Rooney's a, a a Boston guy too. Boston, so. Dana, you watch the Bruins in the Garden. Yeah. Boston. Oh God, everything everything you just said make my skin crawl. Please don't <laughs> use that accent anymore. But I I I mean, if we're gonna be all honest, Tuesday is what we would call because I'm pretty sure New Jersey doesn't play on Monday. Would be a scheduled loss. Like you know, like th- that's the same thing we talked about with uh, some of these other games earlier in the year. The Flames have had some, a lot of scheduled wins built into their schedules. Now it's come back the other way. Yeah, it's going to come back and haunt them eventually. I, I, I like this. Like, if, let's get some Eastern teams. Let's go out there. Uh, Nashville just played the Oilers and got bewomped. So I'm not looking forward to the angry Nashville Predators team to try and find redemption uh, on Calgary, uh, especially when Calgary's on a two-game slide. Uh, New Jersey's hot. I love that. It's hilarious to me. That the fans chanted fire Lindy and then they rattled off six straight wins. <laughs> like the fans in UBS were chanting, not UBS, sorry, whatever, wherever the devils play. Or the Prudential Center. They were the chanting fire Lindy, I think three or four games into the year. And then and then they just popped off a bunch of wins. Like just and now they're like leading their division, I think. I haven't checked the standings. But it's going to be fun that I like Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes is, is, should be a point per game above a point per game player this year. He's Nico Hischer is having a hell of a year. Too. And Jesper Bratt leads the league in points that man. If, if, if there's a going to get paid meter, he's a top, he's at the top. He signed a, what one year deal I think it was. And he's, yeah, he's, he bet on himself and he's going to get a hefty truck of cash backed up to him. And then the Islanders, I'm interested because it's no longer Barry Trotz Islanders. It's Lane Lambert's Islanders. So are they going to be as well-structured defensively as we saw with the the Trotz era? Or there's going to be a lot more loose and there's going to be a lot more holes. They still have Ilya Sorokin, who is an unreal top-tier goaltender. There's something to be said about the Russian goaltending in this league right now. It's, it's very high end. And that's the one that's probably the one that intrigues me most is because I'm just very for the road teams. I'm very interested to see what the New York Islanders structurally look like under a new coach. Yeah. So it's going to be a, a four game week. So there'll be no shortage of content uh, at flamesnation.ca and on our YouTube channel. So if you are star for content or just like listening and, and or watching hockey content when you're supposed to be working, 
Yes, we know what you're doing and we encourage it. Uh, subscribe to the Nation Network YouTube channel. You can get all of our stuff. Uh, Flames Nation Radio with Shane and I. Uh, Flames Nation Live with Pat. Uh, the Shutdown and Flames podcast with uh, an assortment of characters, usually including Audie, Taryn Joe, Robert, Noah, others. And uh, last but definitely not least, uh, the Barn Burner every day at 1030 on the weekdays. And occasionally we do uh, weekend shows when uh, the Oilers the Nation guys break into the office, steal our beer Still and call Boomer. So, Still all the friggin' beer. All the beer. How dare they? But to be That's fair, though, I got a big hug from Jay at the rink. So I met I th- him for the first time at uh, the, the after game. I'm not going to say where. But uh, I know I, where, I, but I'm not, I'm not allowed to say, I know. I remember your picture with him in the jacket. And then I just bumped in. I'm like, Hey man, nice to meet you. <laughs> in, in, in the month of October, I got a picture with our CEO, Jay Downton in both arenas in Alberta, which I consider it, you know, achievement yeah. unlocked. So if you, uh, we encourage you to subscribe to the, to the nation network YouTube channel. If you're like some people are going, oh, but I don't want to listen to, I don't want to see like the Oilers or Canucks content. I love quads, but maybe I don't want to watch Canucks conversation every day. Uh, if you bookmark, if you go to playlists, bookmark the flames nation playlist, and then just go straight to there, you'll get pinged when anything live goes up. You can also just go straight to the playlist. Uh, we have new stuff, obviously every day, sometimes multiple times a day. Uh, and for flames nation radio and, uh, Actually, basically everything but Flames Nation Live. It's not yet a podcast, but it won't be eventually. Uh, you can catch all of the that stuff also audio only on any of the podcatchers of your choice. Apple, Spotify, you, whatever the hell else there is. There's basically, if you can get stuff in your ear holes through it, uh, we can, we can, uh, we'll have a podcast for you. So thank you again very much for, for listening, watching, clicking, etc. We just had our biggest month in the history of the site. Uh, and it's all because of you fine folks taking the time out to let us squawk at you uh, about this, that, the other thing. So uh, it's early this season. We still got 74 games to go. So there's going to be a lot more squawking to come. So make sure you're you're locked into all the content. Uh, as usual, Flames Nation Radio is brought to you by the wonderful folks at DoorDash. And we're also presented by Eau Claire Distillery, makers of Rupert's Whiskey, the official whiskey of the Calgary Flames. Uh, we'll come back at you in a week with another fine episode talking about four games, including the first two real row games of the year for the Flames when they actually have to cross the international border to play some professional hockey. So we'll see you guys in a week. Thank you very much for listening and we'll catch you next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.